Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ocean Bunker podcast. This is uh, season four, episode 10. Uh, I'm joined this evening by my co-host Ocean Technical and we're also joined this evening by our guest, uh, the legendary, if not mysterious, Spook. That is me. We'll start off perhaps by getting Spook to uh, just introduce himself, uh, tell us a little bit about himself and uh, about what he does, um, and then we'll get into the topics for this evening. So I'm I'm pretty infamous because I have a, a telegram, and I would say the largest English-speaking telegram that focuses on Russian casualties. So that is my infamy. Um, I'm also famous for just being a head on Twitter. Um, what I do basically is enjoyer. Would would you say that's a fairly good uh, uh, a job description? <laughs> I would I would I wouldn't put that on my my resume. No. Um, it, in the private, my private world, um, I have an expertise in counterterrorism, extremism, and, and human-based intelligence, uh, or human. Um, I also fail to take any job offer that I get in the IC. Uh, I've been contracted X, Y, and Z um, through government contractors, but I've never actually like worked for the quote-unquote public sector. Um. I'm kind of dropped out of that though, and now I'm in commodities trading because there's more money in it, and that's kind of what feeds me. So, um, on Twitter, I made my account that now sits out over twenty-seven thousand followers, which isn't much, but it's it's something. Um, focusing on the Ukrainian-Russian conflict, um, I had been watching that since about March, April, uh, twenty-one when things started to pick up towards November is when I actually made my account because I didn't want to just continue focusing on that on my like private and accounts that I'm like interacting with people that I work with and my family and so forth. Um, it kind of blew up once people realized that I was a head and I, I actively held spaces where I would contest people's points and arguments. And then towards March when, um, the Kiev, offensive was occurring um and towards the end of that so early april when the pushback occurred um i i started focusing more on applying my knowledge um my very limited knowledge at the time of open source intelligence and just gathering images geolocating um, pictures uh, of just russian casualties so i have in my eyes and I put the call up many times. Nobody's ever came back and pushed back. I am the only person, um, to my knowledge, in the world that has the actual true count of Russian casualties within Ukraine. Um, everything else has pretty much been an estimate. Obviously, Ukrainian um, gov- the Ukrainian government, um, NATO's various governments under NATO and um, Russian government know what the true numbers are, or at least can project an estimate. Uh, but I'm actually putting an open source twist on it where I'm only confirming what I can see, um, which is very gruesome. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically a little touch up on who I am and, and what I do. Yeah, no, that's that's super interesting. And, and definitely, I, I think your role, at least in the community, has more it, it evolved into one of... Um, I, I, I wouldn't say uh, uh, a policing, but 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 more um, of that fact checking role that that we've seen kind of sometimes be uh, 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 absent um, in general. You know, calling out BS where where it lies. Um, it 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 is you know it it is very very interesting where where that has gone i i think we i wanted to roll this into a conversation at some point about um the the general community around um ukraine ukraine open source intelligence open source intelligence in general and also um the fundraising side of things which i i think we've all run into um at some level uh and and I, I think we have all experienced some type of grift at some point, whether it be someone doing it for clout or or just straight up scamming money um, uh, for donations. Um, but but you know, there I, I I think just in general, due to the the that sort of community nature, 
um, of, of how sort of social media uh, accounts and, and people on social media have raised money for Ukraine. Um, it, it, it has sort of left this uh, a big area for not nefarious actors per se, but but definitely scammers to, to operate in. Um, I, I, I know you've talked about that before. Yeah, so there's three prominent um i wouldn't call them investigations because they're not serious right um that i've actively been a part of um like i like i touched on previously i used to host twitter spaces um which is usually just a couple experts and then just a shit show of (laughs) various people with different points and takes that think they're an expert on everything um there was a, a very prolific guy in, in one of those that was actively raising money behind the scenes, not on my space, but spaces I was a part of and, and XYZ, um, often really hyping up the fact that he was getting all these drones and basically contracting with DJI and, and this, this, that, and the other. And, and basically what he was, what it was found out that he was doing is actually just funneling that money directly into his bank account. Um, and since people typically lead financial decisions with emotion people were very quick to to jump on donating whatever amounts of money that they had available to them um to this guy and this guy would just use it for his lavish vacations in greece um and he was i believe welsh um defense geek you're gonna jump down my throat if if he's not uh (laughs) if if he's truly british um but he, he traveled back and forth, and he basically just funded his entire lifestyle from March to, I want to say, early June. Just basically taking money from, from unsuspected people that would enter my Twitter space, and then he would just go and DM, and then basically run money through that. Um, it, it, I mean, the reason I started investigating who he was truly was just because of his weird discourse that he would have surrounding, like, not necessarily taking donations because anybody can work for an NGO, but like the stuff that he was actually purchasing. Right. So saying that he had contracts with DJI and other drone manufacturers um, in, in both China and Taiwan, basically stating that <laughs> he's, he's going to those countries. He's going to China. He's going to Taiwan. He's actually meeting with the board of directors for some of these companies. It just made no f-ing sense to me that some no name guy is, is calling all these shots. Right. Um, and still having 12 hours a day to sit on Twitter spaces. It, it just didn't add up to me. Um, so I just started looking into him and eventually with the help of some other gentleman in, in Canada that that's a lawyer basically went back and forth. We, and he basically made an entire dossier on this guy. Another one is more prolific. Um, probably the most famous one because it's been in international news <laughs> um, is and this is probably the only one I'll, I'll actually I'll, I'll name drop because it's irrelevant at this point. Um, Canadian Ukrainian volunteer. This was a massive, a massive account. Um, would steal basically telegram videos, Photoshop himself into different scenes, uh, take his paintball and airsoft equipment and take pictures of it. Um, basically the telltale sign with that and, God bless anybody that actually fell for him. Um, was none of his gear was actually dirty in any of the pictures that he took. And it was a, an ongoing joke, I know, um, between our group chat that we have and, and other group chats on the internet. I'm like, who the hell's gear is this clean, right? He's, he's claiming to be in a trench somewhere in Kyrgyzstan, but there's not a speck of dirt on anything. Well, wait, wait, and... don't forget the bicycle operations, because he might not have gotten <laughs> dirty on those. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the the prolific, uh, the very prolific, uh, what, electric bicycles. Is that what he was claiming? I honestly, I, I I think there were there were a variety of claims. His, and and the other thing was his story was always so variable on like what he was, what he was doing, who he was with, like. He was, like, putting it all behind this, like, air of mystery. Like, you know, I'm some special operator in the Ukrainian military with, like, very little experience outside of that. But, like, I can't really tell you specifically what I'm doing. But I'll I'll put in all these, like, interesting nuggets um, to, like, make you think I'm doing something cool. Um, Which I, I, I do think is kind of one of those hallmarks of an account that kind of may be not entirely truthful about what's happening. Um, it, 
they're they they operate in this gray area where it's kind of hard to outright disprove them because they rarely post enough information. Um, but eventually, just the volume, as as you were pointing out, of what they're posting uh, just gets ridiculous. Um, again, posting undirtied equipment and 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 a variety of airsoft and replica gear. Um, that's only that you can only acquire in Canada <laughs> or that that, yes. that, is, that is available for individuals in Canada. Um, and I, I definitely think that is a, a, a huge giveaway for some of some of these more grifting accounts. And I, I would basically make him the I would call him the equivalent of the OSINT QAnon. Like he only dabbled enough information for people to like actually ch- chase him, but as his clout increased, the more risk he made. It, it's just it's classic falling to the top. So he, he just kept posting and posting, and people with a brain uh, equivalent consistency of like a mashed potato are like, "This guy, I have to follow this guy." I'm getting on the ground uh, information in, in quote unquote timely fashion from some random operator on the Kyrgyzstan front lines. People are very apt to follow that if, if they have no idea anything about conflicts. Now, yeah. I didn't actually see that he was raising any money. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't... I think I, it was uh, just a clout chase. I don't think he was publicly. He might have been doing it privately, but I don't think anyone has come forward to say that he was. Um, and it... it I, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to raise money like that without you know, making it obvious that you are raising money. Um, so there's the, at least the assumption that this may have just been for clout, um, which if, if it was, then there's, there's some stuff that, I mean, he, the dude running it probably needs a tiny bit of therapy. Um, which I, is, I would you know, a, to, yeah. maybe, maybe talk through some of those, those issues about why he was pretending to be in Ukraine. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I don't think he was he again there are like the two types of grifters there are like just the ones doing it for clout and then there are the ones who are more malicious actually doing it to earn money um and that's that's a different type of like on a whole different scale um but yeah i i like in the grand scheme of things like even though canadian ukrainian like that account was super large had a bunch of followers and was posting stuff wasn't like directly harmful per se um because he wasn't trying to sort of siphon away money. He wasn't, you know, he generally seemed to be towing the Ukrainian, like, government line. Um, so it wasn't exactly that, like, different than what you would expect from a Ukrainian government account or, or government-associated account. Um, but he just wasn't there. Like, he, it, it, it was just fake. It was someone doing the, the ultimate internet LARP. Um, and, and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people followed him. Um and and he he just he got that attention because he was just posting again ridiculous stuff. It's it's very easy to weave together like this story of doing these badass things um, if you aren't there. Exactly, and he has all the time in the world to think about what he's going to post next, how, or dress how... up in his backyard. Exactly, or claim opsec and post about a battle that happened three hours ago that we all see on Telegram. You know, like being away from a conflict what tens of thousands of miles away allows you to actually be able to orchestrate a better story than what you would actually hear from somebody on the ground because we because obviously all three of us see the conflict in a different scope than somebody actually there Hmm. yeah you can talk about this this heroic battle that took place that did actually take place And he has the he has the air of because he's on the ground he must know more than all you know everyone else even though he's exactly. not there and, and again I I will say always people on the ground have a completely different view of the situation it is it, you know hyper focused but but just with so much more depth and clarity than you know any of us on the outside can can actually get sometimes we can have you know broader strokes you know ideas of what happening what's happening like you know someone on the Kharasan front you know isn't going to have the same understanding of what's happening in Kharkiv but they have a far more detailed understanding of like the actual physical conditions there um but at the exactly. same time we just but didn't it, see it, that it's very that unit account. level though it's very unit yeah level. exactly um and which we didn't was see that one of the very one of the very telltale signs that he was full of 
is how the fuck does he know what's happening on the, b- the battalion level? <laughs> you know, like when you're in the military, you're told to do an order and you go and do that order. Um, especially that close to a front line, that's that important. You you have, at least in Western militaries, uh, levels of operational security that you have to follow. And he was just not following any of them. But that wasn't even his biggest problem. Is He was calling out where they were heading. In past tense, technically. Because he's watching it unfold like we are. And then reporting on it as he was there. It just, it didn't make sense. And my favorite part of that account was that any single person that challenged him, he blocked. I would guarantee at the peak of his account, I would say around like him being at like 90,000 followers, before the grift like started becoming like mainstream, that he probably had a block list one-thirds of what his following was. Because he would just block prolifically, literally everybody. Yeah, well, and again, that's that's another way that a lot of these grifters are able to sort of curate their own scam, I guess, because they're 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 basically able to curate their following down to the people who truly believe it, um, and and that can be risky um, because uh, it creates an environment of people who self reinforce the grift um, and and create sort of this niche micro community um, that. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's a bunch of people who are saying, yeah, you're right, you're on the ground, you know, all these other people are lying. And, and we see this all over the place with the other stuff um, and in other social media contexts. But this one is is directly or directly pertains to a, uh, a scam, um, though, though, again, we see that with other things. This isn't exactly a, a novel thing or a novel theory or a novel practice. Um but it, it just it, it pertains to the conflict in Ukraine. And, and it's especially, as I said earlier, enhanced by the fact that a lot of the donations um, have been raised on social media. They, they have been raised to put together these fairly large assistance packages. And whether it be, you know, more civilian based equipment or, or drones or, you know, fundraising for some piece of military equipment um, from from a military contractor, we've seen that as well. Um, I, I I think that there's a lot of money sort of floating around in that social media space. Um, and it, it's it's allowed a, a lot of scammers to operate, you know, w- with with a large amount of impunity. And, and and I mean, again, just like calling them heads is, is the best sort of way to to proceed and 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 unearth them when they're doing it. Um, that's another that's another important thing as well. Yeah. And as we're recording this, there is another person that's basically under the gun um posing as a raising money and again raising money for their own bank account i guess they were tied up with another person that was an active felon um and they were just basically she was just selling in the name of the quote-unquote georgian legion um but really just funneling money into their own bank accounts i guess they were caught about something else uh, about a decade earlier, but it's the same. Shit. It happens all the time. It's just the the constant churn. And to the listeners that are listening, and I know this isn't my podcast, I'm just a guest, but do more research when you're actually about to donate your your money to something. Doesn't have a website is usually number one. It's 2022. If they even put a website together, probably not real. And I'm not saying every. I'm, I'm not saying that that's like a foolproof way because it's definitely not. Are what their money is going to. If it's going to medical supplies, bandages, stuff like that, see the cost in relation to what is actually happening, right? If they're saying that a, a tourniquet is $60 when you really can go and buy one for $10, you'll be good. You, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, you're not, you're donating to a scam at that point if they're claiming that it's going to be $60. So they're just going to funnel the rest of the money. Watch the paper trail. Um, NGOs, at least in America and Canada, they have to be public with their finances upon request. Um, they have to give you tax forms and you donate. That's another big f-ing thing. Um, if you are going to donate to something that looks a little illegitimate, donate a dollar or something. Donate like an, an illegitimate amount of money. Give it to them and then see if they give you the tax documents that they're required to give you. Search them in NGO databases. These are all things that you can do to try to um, alleviate conflict scamming um on a personal level if you are going to donate 
there's and there's plenty and there's plenty of organizations that are doing good and and uh, and, and assisting people on the ground and so forth. Uh, another big red flag: anybody that's claiming that you're donating to give weapons, f- put that money back in your f- pocket. Any you cannot donate weapons or anything that can cause bodily harm. In I know that's a fact in the UK. I know that's a fact in Canada. I know that's a fact in the United States. So anybody that's claiming, hey, if you donate this, I'm going to give this amount of weapons or ammunition or anything that can be deemed tactical. That is an immediate scam, an immediate red flag. Yeah, and and it's it's sketchy at minimum. We have seen some larger scale fundraising attempts to like fundraise a TB two, mm. um, though though most of that what ends up happening is uh, um, um, Bayraktar just donates the 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 drone anyway, and yeah. and has and has the money refunded to yeah to 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 legitimate charity efforts. I do recommend uh, there's there's a site and I'll link it below. It's called GuideStar. Um, they are a company that was basically created to provide an openly, easily accessible database to see what companies or or what um, nonprofit companies are actually doing um, to 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 sort of where their assets are going, where they're putting it, where where it's you know where it's actually going, what's happening with the money. Um, if you search just Ukraine right now. Um, in you know their their list of 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 organizations they have um there are what uh something like 1100 results of of various organizations with ukraine in the name um stuff like ukraine orphan outreach um uh uh, other uh uh, legitimate organizations that exist and you can see you know the money that's actually gone in the money that's gone out what they've actually filed um with real governments um or 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 with uh uh, various uh uh institutions um and it also you know give you warnings about you know uh, if this organization seems very sketchy and and you know there there are a lot of them that exist out there who are registered but still don't seem to uh to to have the greatest uh background so i always say you know do your research on who you're donating to um, you know, look at, at what they've done before. Um, just search their name on Twitter and see what people are saying about them. Um, and and don't let yourself get into, you know, this hole of, of basically just giving money to random people. Because exactly. that's, 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 <laughs> that's a great way for that money to go to fund someone's lifestyle. Um, exactly. And, and to fund sort of, you know, random stuff they're doing. And if they quote on, and they quote unquote are connected to somebody on the ground, but they're not specifying who or what the connection is, another big red flag. And that is what this person in early, well, late spring, early um, summer was doing, basically claiming that they were connected to somebody on the ground, claiming that they were connected to all these drone manufacturers. And I don't know the exact amount of money that was siphoned off unsuspected people but i do know that it exceeded fifteen thousand dollars because that's what i could gather from the people that actually came forward and people that get scammed are embarrassed right they're embarrassed so a lot of people like when the, the actual dust settles and people are trying to like pick up what they lost a lot of don't a lot of people don't come forward just in the name of like it's it's embarrassing oh i gave five hundred dollars to this person every month and they spent it on alcohol and drugs you know and, and trips to ibifa <laughs> like people don't want to come forward and say that um because it, it, it takes a lot out of them um and i know a lot of money was funneled to this person that just went down a lot of money far more money than fifteen thousand dollars i can assure you of that um and yeah, i don't think and, it's gonna and- stop no, and, and it probably won't. Um, of, of course, you know, the, it'll basically be whack-a-mole for a while. I do think a lot of these people eventually, you know, government regulate or, or individuals from the government will come after them um, and, and you know, do something, hopefully. Um, because, of course, you know, just alone the tax implications, I'm, I'm sure they aren't filing taxes correctly. Um, and, you know, hopefully they are pursued for fraud and there there are proper steps to be taken because, you know, people like this. I'm not saying there needs to be an example made of them, 
but you know it's it's something where it, it it's not a new phenomenon but it's it's definitely one that pops up with any of these sort of events any of these uh sort of patterns um so i, I yeah we will continue to see it we will continue to see new people popping up um and and taking what is money that would otherwise be going to legitimate aid efforts um so this 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 is a, a legitimate sort of drain on the Ukrainian war effort. There there is that there that siphoning away by by bad actors, um, and so just just trying to track that down and, and trying to uh, to deal with that is going to be important. Yeah, and uh, I'll continue. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I think it's it's basically an overplayed record at this point. This is this happened in during the Syrian conflict, this happened and then to some extent in the Georgian conflict. This is the first conflict that I would I would say, at least in the last two decades, I wouldn't count the war on terror. Um as like the most mainstream war in the Western eyes. And Yeah. I, again, I a lot of the OSINT and and stuff in Syria was more niche and at least OSINT stuff pre-2022 um, in in Ukraine was also this sort of niche area of open source intelligence. Mm. Um, and then, of course, the, the, the actual war in Ukraine sort of took that to another level. Um, and so there are a bunch of people jumping on the bandwagon, sort of doing this, um, following things, um, reposting Telegram stuff uh, with no context or, or wrong context. Um, and I... I I think that's a risk as we, you know, sort of see more and more accounts try to uh, take advantage um, of of the situation, um, especially to uh, acquire financial, uh, acquire acquire finance or I, I don't know the. I don't know the proper term for this, but 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 basically, again, take advantage of the situation and 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 grift. It's it's just grifting at the end of the day. It, you know, it happens in a bunch of different situations, and, and it will continue to happen. Um, and it it obviously won't stop. And I, I I've probably said that five times so far. Um, we will continue to see people do this over and over and over again, and just be careful with who you're giving your money to. Um, you know, if someone seems shady or is setting off alarm bells or is making ridiculous claims over what they're able to do or or doesn't back up what they're doing with evidence, um, you know, it's it, it's generally a red flag. And, and, you know, keep track of these things. And, and before you give large amounts of money to an organization, you know, or an individual, because there are individ there are tons of individuals doing massive amounts of aid work. And and they are they are donating large amounts of of, of supplies to to Ukraine, um, both humanitarian and and military adjacent supplies. Um, they they are out there. They do exist. They do great work. But they they almost always are providing a large amount of evidence of what they're doing. Um, and and it's usually the the accounts that that aren't providing that evidence that are doing more of the scamming. Yeah, and and the. The thing is, too, is um, typically the more transparent <laughs> an organization, the typically the more influence that they'll have, and the more money they'll raise. And, and nonprofits, at the end of the day, are still businesses; they're just run a little bit differently. Um, it's in their best interest, these larger organizations, to be as transparent as possible, so they can continue doing what they're doing. Um, you're not going to find that on, on lower end essentially grifters uh, the other thing that really and i know you owe and technically you touch on this quite a bit with a couple other people uh, that we're connected to um the how do i put this the influence grabs that have occurred since i want to say march like there's a ton of accounts that were made in march um <laughs> when basically this war bubbled over um and i have no issue with people joining the community and, and doing this and doing that i for one never wanted to be this big public account <laughs> i've said that multiple times i i don't strive to have the amount of followers that osin technical has um uh, because what that I don't is, 
that comes a huge responsibility and a huge burden because everything you say is retweeted by hundreds of people. Um, it's you basically create a pool of misinformation uh, within your account, even if you're doing everything right, because there's always going to be the six people that comment on every post that steal the attention away from the original post. Um, or quote tweeted. And, and again, when you're exactly. my size, it is so hard to track all this down. Like I really do try. I legitimately do try to police my comments. I try to police my retweets. I try to keep my content from being used in, you know, misleading ways. Um, and, and I try to provide context. I, I try to, you know, provide help um, uh, 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 for these things. And, you know, it, it, it does get sometimes overwhelming. Um, where where people will use my content to mislead or or to sort of put together their own narrative, which, yeah, sucks. Definitely something I've tried to to tamp down on, um, you know, more recently. Um, but and and as you said, there are so many. There are a ton of great people who do great open source intelligence work, um, who have you know just recently joined because they were interested. Um, but there are also a number of people who fall dangerously close to that clout grifting, you know, area um, who have also joined recently um, to, to sort of take advantage of the situation. And, and again, it, it's also, you know, there are those different levels of um, of what someone's motivations are. And you obviously can't look deep into someone's brain and then see what they're thinking. They might have, you know, the, the most legitimate and and cleanest uh, 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 views and and motivations and 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 they're a great person but they still are posting misinformation or 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 stuff that's blatantly false um or hyping situations up that are not as large as people perceive them to like they're they're actually perceived as on like an yeah. international scale or or misinterpreting something and and it it turns out to be something that's fairly dangerous when misinterpreted um and and again, I think people underestimate how much their influence has on Twitter as a platform. Um, you know, I mean, it, I, I, I it seems like the average everyday person gets a lot of their news from Twitter. They see a lot of what they're doing. I mean, a, a lot of people. Even of of all age groups, I would say, you know, millennials or, or Gen Z gets their news from like memes and jokes and stuff. No, like everyone does. Like my my my, you know, Gen X parents or, or Gen X borderline boomer parents um, get a shocking amount of their news from basically memes um, on Facebook. And so it's, you know, a lot of that gets laundered or or generated on twitter or on other platforms and it, it spreads far more than you think it may um it you know it's something that starts on twitter might go to facebook might go to reddit might go to somewhere else might get repeated might get quoted and and if you you aren't sort of locking down on these things and not making you know ridiculous claims and i've even fallen into that trap where like i'll i'll put some context on something that i got from someone who's you know a subject matter expert um and you know i'll i'll basically quote his content and someone will take it completely out of context and spread it all over the place um and i i think that is a dangerous thing um where that can get spread around and that can influence people's opinions. I mean, I have I have friends who don't even really follow what I do, don't don't even know, and they were you know joke or not even joking, but like were significantly concerned after the you know quote Russian missile hit Poland that you know we were going to go to war that like Article Five and stuff and you know they 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 weren't even sure what that meant, but they just they were terrified, like they were genuinely concerned that they were you know we were going to go to war with Russia. And it was just based on information that was that was patently unclear. Um, it was really just the AP. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was just the AP, but it was also people who were repeating and who were basically who may have had not just an interest but an agenda on what they wanted to 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 see the narrative be. Um, and I I think we ran into that issue heavily with this incident. Mm. Um, and yeah, like it caused a huge number of issues and, and it was, 
it, not necessarily perpetrated, but amplified as well um, by by a lot of people on Twitter. Um, and I mean, heck, I can consider myself to be that, you know, in in that sort of area um, where we're all amplify something, but without even knowingly doing it. And, and a bunch of people will amplify things without knowingly doing it. There are some people who amplify things while knowing what they're doing. And they're, you know, like, we're not going to call anyone specifically out, but like, yeah, no, not cool at, at all. Um, but I, 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 people really underestimate sort of how much influence they can unintentionally have. And I, th I think you make a, yeah. a very valid point, particularly about that incident with the uh, the missile in Poland, because I, I seem to recall there were even a number of Ukrainian state Twitter accounts that were coming out and making comments that at the time couldn't be verified, but because it was coming from these accounts, a lot of people were taking it to be gospel. Uh, and as you say, the, the damage that that had and, and the impact that had on on global news and, and on how a lot of people perceive the situation cannot be understated and was very, very dangerous. Mm -hmm. I, I think, so with that situation in specific, and this might be a polarizing take, and I'll touch on the, the follower thing in, uh, right now before we get into that. So like every time that I retweet something, it's two buttons I click. I press the retweet button and ask if I want to quote tweet or retweet. I press a button. That's 27,000 people that are going to view that, right? Ocean Technical does the same thing. That's, what, 600,000 people? Defense Geek, you do it. 30,000 people, right? Hmm. It's a lot of people. And then that telephone game plays. By the time it gets to our parents, <laughs> the entire world knows, right? Um, so with, the, with, and this is where my polarizing take comes in. And if you guys want me to stop at any point, just let me know. Because it will be polarizing. I, 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 as a Westerner, as somebody that lives in the United States, the only allegiance that I have in the world is to the United States. Obviously, I have bias. I would like Ukraine to win this. But that's coming from a national security standpoint, as that the more that Ukraine does, the more weak Russia gets. Again, I'm sworn to my own country. I'm sworn to my own views. There is a large swath of the quote-unquote OSINT oh, Twitter space or really the Ukraine Twitter space is what I would actually call it, of people that basically anything that they hear from the Ukrainian government is the equivalent of a Catholic person looking, being told by the Pope. Everything that they say is to the T. They can create propaganda. They are an information machine. That is where we get into very dangerous waters because I know... Um, I'm not exactly sure who in our group, and I'm not going to name drop because I'm not here, basically came out and was like, hey, this is an S-300. S-300s can't be fired from from Russia, right? Uh, they might be able to be fired from Belarus. But the probability of that <laughs> and being a, a that attack specifically in, in the strategic ample, th there is no benefit, right? Unless you're trying to exacerbate the war, um, but at that point, why didn't you attack like a base or something, right? So somebody said, hey, that was an S-300. That's an air defense missile, right? 600 people are in their comments being like, no, it's not. Ukraine just told me that that's a Russian missile. And then you have some halfwit at the AP that has his quote-unquote government source that amplifies that messaging as well. And by the time an hour passes, was, I think uh, 1,400 hours here in the United States when that happened, I was literally eating like a, a late <laughs> a late lunch slash breakfast meal. And I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, oh, f it's happening. Because I was getting all my information from people that were amplifying essentially propaganda. Um, I know here in the United States, in our military, if we fire something and indirectly hit a target... The entire command chain knows pretty much instantly, right? You don't just miss where you fired something. Small arms fire is different than a, a missile, right? You're you're literally launching that. Yeah, um, and I don't think I don't think your take is you know I I wouldn't consider it a super hot take though I know some people would. Um, 
but yeah, and I mean, I knew even people who had like a good understanding of the situation, like understood that it was an S300 and was trying to sort of create these slightly ridiculous, like very esoteric scenarios where it could still be a Russian missile. <laughs> and like it was irresponsible to say it could be Ukrainian. Um and I think a lot of people fall sort of into that that trap of thinking that, you know, oh, the Ukrainians can do no wrong. I mean, even though this situation wasn't even the Ukrainians doing any wrong, like it was it was Ukrainian air defense missile. Like, it's not like the Ukrainians yeah. bombed Poland. Like, it was a horrifying accident, effectively, that, 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 that was caused by the Ukrainians trying to protect one of their western cities from Russian cruise missiles. Like, I, I, I just I don't understand why people are are so willing to basically overlook anything that could possibly be construed as negative um and and additionally on on top of that of course the ukrainian government their their response to it i i would consider to be a bit um rash and in, in in not i mean if if the ukrainian government or, or ukrainian government accounts had come out and basically said um, we are investigating the situation. Um, it's, you know, we're horrified to see what happened today. Um, you know, uh, Russian cruise missile attacks on, on our territory are, are a terrible act. Um, they target civilian infrastructure and just like leave it there and just say, you know, we're investigating, we're cooperating with the Polish government and, and you know, and with NATO on this issue. Um, and we take and we send condolences to the family that we that we injured in this. No, yeah. no, but they, they wouldn't even have to say that. They just have to say we're investigating. We're, we're acquiring more information on this. Mm-hmm. Like they, they came out within hours after the incident, saying it couldn't have been ours. Which, yeah. which just from from the commander in chief equivalent of their country. Yes, at that. And, yes. and I, I think the problem there is it it hurts credibility, which is is terrible. Um, but yeah. I I. I, I do think there is that problem, and of course, then there are you know the 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 people around that who who legitimately now believe that it's all a NATO um, Polish like uh, uh, conspiracy to hide the fact that it was a Russian missile. There are legitimately yeah. still people in my comments who believe that 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 yeah. straight up believe that there was a NATO Polish conspiracy to hide the fact that it was a Russian missile, and it's just like. I I I cannot believe. Oh, and then of course, like on on top of that, people were 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 creating conspiracies about Israel because one of the reporters who had tweeted <laughs> the picture of the S three hundred fragment was Israeli. And like, I just I'm absolutely baffled by like how these people will then turn around and like accuse the Russians of doing disinformation. Like, yes, the Russians are a disinformation machine. Congratulations, you are now doing the exact same thing. Like, mm. like to the T of what the average Russian telegram poster does. And it's just like there was supposed to or or there's was like this idea that like there was this level of credibility among the open source intelligence community and then, you know, it was it was something that would cut through, you know, potential false claims on, on both sides and, <laughs> and, and see what was actually happening. Um and and that kind of fell apart a bit there but uh, again it's people who at the end of the day are 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 posting to an agenda whether it that be conscious or unconscious there there is that internal bias that they can't overcome and and i i think there's a problem there and i think also this acquire this applies to people who are the audience to this too um, you know, you don't necessarily have to be posting, you can be retweeting, you can be liking, you can be commenting, um, but sort of assess things critically. Um, yes. You know, don't take statements as blind fact, um, you know, a- a- assess things, look at them, actually, you know, a- 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 take a minute. And this applies, again, this applies to Russian claims as well like assess the russian claims on a situation like mm. does this make sense no it doesn't or or maybe it does but but things should be taken critically and and just not at face value all the time um and to, and, to actually to tie into your previous to our previous conver- conversation in this podcast it you will find the people that are there for clout are sharing information and the people that are truly quote unquote a part of the general ic or have an IC background or, or understand how it operates are there to share intelligence with you, right? What steps are they taking? Are they limiting who can comment on their posts? That's the first thing I 
grounded after this event happened. I'm like, just FYI, everybody that's following me, I'm turning my comments off and turning well, the, the other. The off. other problem is a bunch of people in the IC community just don't talk about it. Like, it's just like, yeah, just, just because there's the risk of saying something, you know, that, that exactly. gets you in trouble. Like, no one, no one's going to voluntarily do that for some issue that'll probably be resolved in 48 hours by by regular media sources. Um, so I think the problem, as we saw here, was that the AP ran a story based on a single, unnamed, unsourced, quote, vetted individual. But exactly. Yeah, I, I would say there was some editorial mistakes there. And then they tried to, you know, blame the 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 journalist who did it, even though the journalist basically said to at the editorial level, I have a single source on this. The source is vetted, but didn't say the claim was vetted. And they decided to run it within like five minutes. So mm. I, I think score. there's there's definitely yeah and like the level of credibility there is 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 horrible like holy cow um you know I I I, but I that's, think that that is equivalent of what OSIN Twitter does too is they just grab a claim and they they project it and I'm not saying us as a group but oh I I a lot of the try to see if I can geolocate something for some like I I I think like falling into that trap is terrible like and and some people may notice like what my account has switched to recently is relying on stuff that I can visually confirm as being Ukrainian or being Ukrainian activity stuff that I can geolocate um, to confirm news or, or to report, basically to report on news, I need something that I can geolocate or I have a video of it or I have something where I can basically say, this is coming from a fairly credible source. Here's a video or a picture or X, Y, or Z of the situation. Here's where it happened. Like, and I think a bunch of people are stumbling over themselves now to just get the news out first and do like text only claims of a situation. Um, and I know that we as a group, uh, particularly the group chat that, that you're referring to, Spook, we do often sort of if we see something, we, we question it in the group first to see if anyone yeah. else is hearing it on other platforms or from other sources. Because, as you say, it is so important when we are you know, broadcasting this to thousands of different accounts who are then in turn you know, broadcasting it even further. It is so important that we are making sure we get the details right. And if we don't know for certain, it, you know avoiding commenting to, to a certain extent is, is very very important exactly we collectively as a group 60 plus of us have over one and a half million people that follow us that's more people that live in than live in my state that i live in right yeah like that's a lot of people the word and, and that is why we're responsible with our reporting other accounts will just immediately jump on it because they want to be first clock they want to get the most likes and people cave to what their pop like what their audience wants from them right so you get a lot of that like if i keep sharing misinformation people are going to continue to like me and my clout's going to grow which is why they're there and then there's people like me that i'll post something it'll be a hot take i.e um the appearance of a ukrainian um assassination of pow's right I can post that in whatever light I want to post immediately get backlash, but I'm going to continue doing that because that is the real narrative of the war. Um, I'm not a puppet of the Ukrainian government. I don't have to share their propaganda. Mm. Um, and I'm not a puppet of the Russian government. I have to share their propaganda, right? We all have to look at it from a, a third party perspective when we're sharing data, but there's a lot of people that don't understand that. Yeah, and I think a lot of us will say this very openly, that none of us are completely reliable sources. No one is a completely reliable source. We should actively be criticized in what we post because that makes us better. You know, yeah, being, exactly. being able to process these things. Were you trying to say there something there, Spook? My, uh, my head, my... AirPods disconnected from my computer, but I have it back, so we're good. Oops. <laughs> but I'm 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 all set now. I'm back. But yeah, none of us none of us are uh, are reliable. But that's the exact that's how it works in actual in, in branches of intelligence agencies that actually analyze open source intelligence. There are no definitives in intelligence. Nobody is the end to say on what happens. Everything needs to be focused on the actual greater picture, um, not the single piece of intelligence that somebody's bringing. Again, that's the difference between intelligence and information, which a lot of 
quote-unquote intelligence accounts just share information that actually share intelligence they're not doing the vetting process that um, us three do yeah absolutely and that's that's a huge problem that we all run into is is again the the uh, a lot of people will take us at our word and like please don't <laughs> like uh, I, I i and we do run into this problem of we we try to encourage criticality to what we're saying um you know if you see something that's wrong please say it please please re reflect that i'm not gonna block you for calling me out like i won't like I, I i really do not block people for calling me out frankly there's a pretty good chance you're gonna get quote tweeted underneath the tweet if it's wrong or, or quote tweeted under the retraction if it's wrong um and and i i think that it's something that people need to understand like if someone if an account blocks you for posting what seems to be very reasonable criticism or 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 criticism with evidence and and doesn't respond to it or doesn't you know uh, uh, present a counter argument or something else and just straight up blocks you something there is kind of a bit fishy like mm. that that you should be a red flag know their narrative yeah they're they're no better than canadian ukrainian volunteer <laughs> But then again, it's it's really what what the motive is with account with accounts, right? Like I know on Twitter specifically for myself, I I don't focus on one thing, right? My my expertise is in counting casualties when it comes to this war. I don't know what's happening in Kyrgyzstan, right? I, I just go look at the ISW report or chime into one of your guys's um, analysis on it. I don't. That's not my expertise. I don't claim for it to be my expertise. If I'm if I'm sharing a piece of information that I can't corroborate and and analyze and, and vet and verify, I'll put the uh, the infamous unconfirmed in front of it. But that is literally because it's unconfirmed. I'm just being a genuine human being, right? Like I have one source on this. The source is vetted. The information is vetted. But I can't compare and contrast that. I can't analyze that piece of information to actually make it intelligence and make it a confirmed piece hmm. yeah and i i think that's something that we absolutely need to sort of again reinforce with the the audience we have here the audience we have in general you know again we we aren't no one is a singular reliable narrator like I, there there are very few people who you can completely trust as a reliable source um i mean in, in general, it basically comes down to official DOD statements, basically, like, and, you know, European government statements on, on problems that happen within their territory. Um, uh, uh, that's that's one of the big things. And, I, and again, it's another reason with the Ukrainian government statements, um, categorically saying it could have been a Ukrainian missile. There weren't any Ukrainians on the ground in the area in, in that amount of time. There's no way the Ukrainian government could have independently confirmed, you know, through through their own investigative uh, capabilities that that it wasn't or was a Ukrainian missile or what it was. Um, and so that's another thing to think, you know, criti critically on, on any situation. Could the originator of the information objectively know what the information is? Could, you know, would they know it? Could they know it? Um, and I, I, I think that's an important thing for people to remember is, is, is if someone is posting a claim, are they a reliable source? Could, how could they have made that claim? What is their evidence? What sort of, what background do they have to make that claim? Are they just posting a bunch of text and hitting send? Um, are they, <laughs> they doing the notorious, I made it up int? Um, which, which which has become the, the most popular form of intelligence in 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 recent months, um, and I I I I do think it's important to consider that um, there there is a lot of a uh, uh, variability there. Um, uh, and anybody and, anybody that's that's doing I made it up in. I think you're you're a missing the point, not you specifically, but the people that are doing that. And B, you're tainting our, the people that we're connected to, right? Um, well, you're tainting everything. You're 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 putting out a narrative. Exactly. So you're you basically you're making felt. our exactly. You're making our work useless because every every contribution that that I I, I do specifically 
is to help somebody else out, right? I know that my work that I do on my Telegram is used by I know it's used by um, I know it's used by because I have them come to me, <laughs> right? I have them ask me, hey, where the did you find this? I am often first squawk on a lot of casualty imagery and stuff. But my information that I share is for the greater good. So when somebody comes in and, and posts something that they know is not real or they can't corroborate, it, it takes the it takes the uh, the integrity and the validation that we have created for ourselves, and it's 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 chipping away at that because they're going to one day be like, I cannot rely on Spook's content because there's six other accounts that are doing the exact same thing. But they're posting casualties in, from Syria. They're posting casualties that are Ukrainian, and they're claiming it's all Russians, right? It, it's it's you you have it, everything has to be for the greater good. You cannot taint other people's work for your own personal gain, whether it's clout, whether it's financially, whether it's trying to get a better job, whether it's trying to. Um, get press, whatever the reason is, you cannot do that and take away from the greater good of the work that we actually do, both in the private, our private lives and the lives that we do publicly and the projects that we, we host publicly. Yeah. And I, I think that's been something that's been particularly on our minds recently as a group is the fact that particularly for, for this group, as you say, the, the 60 or so of us um, who sort of we regard as the core OSINT community, we don't really have a unified public face and so to an outsider it does just look like a myriad of different accounts across the world and unfortunately as you say some of these accounts that are spreading misinformation are sometimes viewed in the same category as the rest of us and that does have an impact as you say on on, on the way that our work is viewed um, I know we've recently had a number of cases where some of our community members have uh, been very important contributors to various studies and so on and at times have not been quoted um, for the work that they've done and that, that's obviously caused quite a lot of uh, despair I think it would be fair to say among among the community um, but yeah it, it's it's really really difficult because obviously we do have this issue of people who do claim to be OSINT who do claim to have sources and, and, and can't verify the information and as you say, when, when we're looking at, particularly in light of recent changes at Twitter, where now anyone can get verified with a blue tick, um, yes. it becomes very, very difficult for the average Joe public to be able to discern between what's real and what isn't. Yeah, and I, I think that is something to to be considered um, at, at all times, um, you know who is trustworthy who isn't trustworthy and i i think the value of information um has become important but also degraded in 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 some ways um and i i i just i i do um i do think that's something to consider just where the information is coming from where it is going obviously and again the russians have done this internally repeatedly they will deliberately release fake news to decrease the value of legitimate news um mm -hmm. and, and so that can have immense impacts on on the quality of work that's happening when you know purposely or even unintentionally fake narratives and and evidence those things are being released that that can cause immense damage to the objective truth and and the objective truth takes a, a, a long time to figure out and when people are racing um to sort of be the first one with the news um it's it's hard to figure that out sometimes you have to wait for videos you have to wait for footage that confirms something you have to wait for extra pictures you have to wait for you know someone like me or or spook or or any of the dozens of people who do geolocation work um uh, shout out uh uh um there are there are so many people honestly it's it's hard to shout out individuals um uh, uh go through what we're geo, following <laughs> yeah yeah um at uh geo uh uh geo confirmed great account that sort of collates that um but 
you know that that takes time to do that takes time to work out that that's something that can that can take hours or or even you know uh, even longer if you're trying to dig into extensive footage or, or extensive evidence to try to put together you know a timeline of something um but that's not the immediate news that that isn't the 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 instant sort of snappy stuff that you're getting boom 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 um and so sort of understanding that the first take isn't necessarily the right take is super important um and and no and again this is this is a side effect of of this of that no objective new or no news is sort of objective or or singular it is it, it, it can be confusing it can be obscure it can you know the information can be just not real and we're not and we're not telling you all to see something and, and not take it at, at face value. Just look into it deeper. I follow a bunch of newsreel accounts that all they do is just post what's happening. Right. And that and that basically can make it so I can focus my attention to where they're getting their sources, right? As opposed to taking whatever they're saying and, and sharing it. Because and oftentimes it's not real or it's inaccurate or there's more context. Um so di- dissect more <laughs> i guess is the yeah i just i yeah there's there's not much i can additionally say on the subject that i haven't really already said um and and of course shocker there's a ton of nuance <laughs> huge surprise um but yeah i i just I, I do think it's super important to to remember that every situation does have a bunch of nuance and cutting through all the information and waiting for more information can can take a long time and and it goes against some of the the more twitter level hot quick takes um i i do think that is important was there anything else that we particularly wanted to discuss um Ugh, honestly i i think this has been a good collection and a good place to uh to kind of leave this video on mm. on on us on us complaining about twitter and, and, the last and open source intelligence. <laughs> oh you think it's been the last 25 minutes we, we started talking about this an hour ago <laughs> oh man but yeah I, I i definitely i mean end top line note and maybe i should like clip this portion and put it at the beginning is like we aren't 100% trustworthy. No one is 100% trustworthy. There are degrees of trustworthiness. Everyone screws up at some point. Um, in general, it takes longer to put together better, more well-researched information. Um, beware of people making early definitive claims on a situation without necessary information. Um because either they're leaking stuff, which, you know, there's there's a the whole conversation to be had on that. Um, mm. or they don't know and they're they're doing the infamous I made it up scent. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's that's the that's I mean that's that's the general thing to, to take into account is that no one has the complete story. No one. Literally no one. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to leave you with a another partially complete story. Um, as we announced last episode, um, we are looking to the future um, and we will be uh, pe- pressing ahead in uh, early 2023 with season five of the podcast. Um, so that will be something for you all to look forward to. Um, towards the end of season four, we've, we've now got two episodes left after today. Um, the finale episode, which we are hoping to have live in time for Christmas will be a veritable smorgasbord of every uh, OSINT community member who uh, has the time to join us. Um, so it will probably be a long episode and it will probably be a bit of a, uh, a mess with various contributors joining us from across the world. Um, but that, again, something to look forward to. And um, as we look forward to the future of the podcast, um, we are also going to be uh, joined... Uh, on the co-host team Um, we've got one confirmed and one as yet to be confirmed uh, co-host to join us um, in addition to myself technical and Kyle on the team Um, I'm pleased to announce this evening that uh, Austin uh, who joined us as a guest on last week's episode 
um, will be joining the co-host team uh, for the start of season five in 2023 um, and hopefully we'll be able to announce uh, the other co-host in due course uh, also joining us again at the start of season five early next year and because John, of course, didn't tell me this at the start of this, huge surprise. Uh, I guess welcome Austin uh, to 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 the team. Um, it's glad to have someone DC based as well uh, to to make scheduling to sort of push back against the Brits for for a bit. Um, but yeah, we're we're definitely excited to to see that sort of continue. And on that note, uh, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, this has been Season 4, Episode 10 of the Ice Bunker Podcast, and we will hopefully see you all again in about two weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs>